from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We knew Odell Beckham Jr. was going to sit in front of a microphone today, which means we knew we were going to get specific questions about Lamar Jackson, about what the Ravens are planning, and about what went into Odell's decision to become a Raven. What we've now learned is that this show has been telling you the truth about this for weeks. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're also on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. And I'm sorry, HD, I'm just going to keep tooting our horn. Because the more I hear, the more I feel like this is really obvious. Like, I am the worst. I will admit I am the worst. I don't know how our producer, Evan, even deals with me half the time. Because we come in and say, well, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Ravens. What does that mean? My immediate answer was, it means he got $15 million. And everyone's like, no, it's got to mean something about uh, Lamar. It's got to mean something about Aaron Rodgers. It's got to mean something about everything. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, it doesn't. Like, I'm so unemotional and overly logical i admit i am the worst but damn it feels good to be right because the more i hear from obj the more i feel like we can just put this whole thing to bed does he hope lamar's his quarterback well sure he hopes lamar's his quarterback did he sign the contract because he was banking on it there's absolutely no indication of that whatsoever <laughs> i don't know why you make me laugh so much because i'm an idiot uh, no I just, and i love every bit of it but you know Anytime you're talking about a guy who had a torn ACL, granted it was in the Super Bowl, and that guy at the time was the best player on the football field when he got hurt. And the uh, the organization, the Ravens organization, you know, come out and say they're going to give him $15 million guaranteed and $18 million contract. I mean, immediately my antennas go up like, hmm, who else is going to offer him that at this juncture, you know, in his career? And the the reply to that is nobody. Right. So if you if you only have the Baltimore Ravens offering you that money and there's a, a, a potential that Lamar Jackson could go back there, not you 100 percent know he's going back, but there's the potential that Lamar Jackson could be back there. Why wouldn't you sign? Yeah. And like think about what you just said, too, because you, you blew my mind with something here. Like he didn't sign for a discount. If he signed for a discount, then I would say, yeah. okay, he must know something's going on. And also, jokingly, we were earlier talking about DeMar DeRozan and his daughter being at the, the NBA game, and there was a concept that she could take a private jet. And I was like, I'm sure somebody will sponsor that. And one of our uh, crew guys said, uh, one, of the, one of the producers said, well, he can afford a private jet. What did you say in response to that? In response well, to that? Pe- well, people with a lot of money don't like to spend it. Right. But like we keep saying, well, Lamar's already got $100 million in the bank. He wouldn't care about an extra five million. Really? I mean, like, how are we making that leap to me? Like, there's just no way. Like, to me, he didn't take a discount. To me, he's getting the most money. It's an obscene amount of money compared. And he's going to get to be the number one wide receiver on the team. Like, those are reasons why you signed that contract. Well, those are huge things. And when he went to the Los Angeles Rams, right, he wasn't a number one, but he complimented. Um, the opposite receiver. I can't even think of his name right now. I'm throwing a blank. Very, uh, very Rush. well. Who, say it again. Rush? I don't know. Uh, Cup, Evan or Cup. Devin? Why, did I say so, why am I thinking Rush? What, somebody Rush? help us Cooper, out here. Cooper Cup. Oh, my I, went, I went to Rush. I don't know why. That's my bad. Yeah, but he complimented Cooper Cup very, very well. He got hurt last season. That's why I'm drawing a blank. Um, 
now he has an opportunity to be that number one guy in Baltimore in which Odell naturally wants to be. He wants to be a number one wide receiver, doesn't want to be a secondary guy. Uh, and he, he will be in a leadership role on a roster in which the wide receiver position hasn't been up to float three of the last four seasons. So it's a perfect opportunity, I think, for, for Odell Beckham Jr. And I will continue to say the potential of Lamar Jackson being there because right now I don't think Lamar's going to be there. But the potential of him being there on top of getting $15 million guaranteed makes sense to Odell Beckham Jr. Well, it also was going to be something he was asked about. How concerned was he about the uncertainty at the quarterback position? This was his answer just today at his press conference. I mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, the, everything was uncertain. Like I say, life's uncertain. Obviously, I would assume that it, it's going to work out, that faith and that hope. Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know, you know <laughs> I would love to, to love to get to work with you. I'll, I'll talk to these guys over here, and, um, you know, hopefully that gets done. You know, I, I think, think about the Ravens, you definitely think about Lamar, and I know that that's something, you know, I was excited about that possibility, and life's not certain. But the here, possibility. You heard him? I'm excited about the possibility. But he also said that I'm going to play just the beginning of this. Listen to something he says here, Harry. Like this is because remember, it was supposedly between the Ravens and the Jets. And this is what he said, remember. I mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, the, everything was uncertain. The other situations, everything was uncertain. So obviously he didn't sit here and say like, oh, it's a, it's a done deal. Like, uh, you know, playing with Aaron Rodgers, everything's coming up roses. Like, I, I, I will one more time. This is Odell Beckham Jr. When he was asked about uncertainty at the quarterback position with the Ravens, he said. I mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, the, everything was uncertain. I mean, Ooh. that speaks to something, right? Like, he obviously didn't feel like he could just walk in the room and be like, I know exactly what's happening with the Jets. I, I think that's pretty stunning. Yeah, so you go with the guy who the other team that's going to give you the most money. <laughs> and you can be a number one wide receiver, which is the Baltimore Ravens. It's just, it's just that simple. Can I play devil's advocate here? No, please do. I want to play devil's advocate. All right. We're no, going to go call ahead. that Darlington. Okay. You're going to be the Darlington today. Even because I, I, on his face, I agree with you guys that I don't, I think Odell, you know, it's not only the money, but that's a large the majority. I don't think he knows what Lamar is going to do. But that being said, even if Lamar told him exactly what he's going to do, He's not going to reveal that in this press conference. He's going to say what he said no matter well, what no, the situation was. I said was. that earlier. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I said that earlier. But I, even if they, the, two, the two guys ha, ha, have talked you know, frequently and had some conversations, I still don't think Lamar Jackson told him 100% what he's going to do anyway. Nor, but I, that's what I brought up the media training. Odell's definitely not going to come in the press conference and say everything him and Lamar has talked about. But I strongly feel that Lamar Jackson hasn't gave him a definite that he's going to be Playing for the Baltimore Ravens next season. Yeah, I, I, I would also add that there was a piece missing to his answer. I feel like if he knew something, like if I'm sitting at a press conference and I don't want to divulge my conversation with Lamar, my answer is super simple. Man, you know what? Lamar and I are so close, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to talk to you guys about what we talk about. We're going to keep that between ourselves. You know, I'm just happy to be a Baltimore Raven. There's such a way to do that. He made it very clear in all of his answers that he understands the uncertainty, but uncertainty is just part of life. Like, that's the element you don't have to add in. If you have some assurance, but you don't want to give it away, you can handle that. But when your answer to what about the uncertain situation is constantly, well, life is uncertain. That, that's just such a, a flippant answer to the whole process. It only makes me dig into think like, look, I, 
I don't think there's any doubt Lamar would love to be a Raven. He just has a, a price tag on it. Like uh, we we've turned yeah. this into he hates Baltimore, Baltimore hates him. I, I I don't think either is true. I just think they see their value is drastically different. And if you see your value is drastically different, now we're adding asking for a huge compromise. And I don't know where those huge compromises come from, right? Like the, the Ravens are going to well, say, that, well, that's been the disconnect. That's the disconnect between the two sides, right? Lamar feels that he's worth A, and the Ravens think Lamar Jackson is worth B. But here's my thing that, that, that bothers me about the Baltimore Ravens. If you think that Lamar is your guy, I'm not going out on no market and letting anybody else tell me what the value of Lamar Jackson is. If you believe he's your guy, shouldn't you be determining what the value of Lamar Jackson is, not what the damn market is out there or anybody else is saying, if you feel that strongly about your quarterback? Yeah, unless you feel like you know the value and your quarterback's lost their mind on what the value is. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the hard part about that is like— But, 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 here, but, here, but here's the thing. We have the proof in the pudding to back it up from Lamar's side of things. Right, they they were the number one team in the AFC two years ago when Lamar Jackson was was playing, and then when he got hurt, they didn't make the playoffs. They were the leader in the AFC North over the Cincinnati Bengals when Lamar Jackson was playing, and then they also had an opportunity to win that game with Tyler Huntley in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals. When you have multiple guys on the roster said if we had Lamar Jackson, we would have won that game. So the proof in the picture is painted. For the Ravens organization, I don't need to be going out on no market for somebody else to define what we already know about our quarterback. Unless the Ravens are looking at it and saying, well, Josh Allen's not getting fully guaranteed and Joe Burrow's not getting fully guaranteed and, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't getting fully guaranteed. Why? Like, that's just bad business. Like, that's the the weird, like, if you take all emotion out of it and just look at the logical side, I think that's what the Ravens are doing right now. They're saying, hey, we want to give you a long-term deal. We just don't want to guarantee it. Like, we want to give you funny money like everybody else takes. And he doesn't want to take funny money because he's got all of the things you just mentioned and Deshaun Watson's contract, right? Like, so, I don't know. That's what's yeah. weird about it. All right, we're going to keep breaking down the Ravens because the question, the question is, what's the Ravens' ceiling with or without Lamar? We'll tell you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. We storm toward the NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. It's time to look at every team's ceiling. Like the ceiling can hold us. And every team's floor. This is Ceiling and Floor. The ceiling is the roof. On Fitz and Harry. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, 10-year NFL vet. Jason Fitz, really good Madden player. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you the ceiling and the floor. So we can pick a couple of teams. We do this every day. We're going through the all of the teams in the National Football League. We will pick one team from the AFC, one team from the NFC, and we will decide what their ceiling is. How good could be could it be? 
what their floor is. How bad could it be? Devin, what is the first team on our list? The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, we get spicy. Uh, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, the question is, are we doing this with Lamar or without Lamar, or are we qualifying it both ways, Evan? Uh, what's, what's, the, what's the goal here? Both ways. All right. So we will start with Lamar. What is the ceiling for the Ravens with Lamar? Now, I understand you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Joe Burrow out there and you have Josh Allen as well. But if you have a healthy Lamar Jackson, I'm going to go Super Bowl contender here. Um, If their team can stay healthy, I won't just say Lamar. Because we've seen what this team could be when these guys are healthy. It's just the last few years, they've been plagued by the injury bug. I do believe they have an opportunity to win their division, which was evident they were leading division last year and the year before that, before Lamar got hurt. So with Lamar, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender. Now, the floor for them, I would say a wild card with Lamar, a wild card game. I think the ceiling for them is – a deep playoff run, but I don't think they're in the same category with Lamar as where I view Cincinnati, uh, where I view Buffalo, and where I view Kansas City. Those three sort of stand above to me. So the the ceiling for me is probably like, oh my God, everything broke right and they got to the AFC Championship game. That's a hell of a ceiling. The floor with Lamar is a wild card. I, I, I think they're a, wild, they're a playoff team with Lamar. If there is no Lamar, the ceiling is eight wins and the floor is five. Like, I, I, I believe their quarterback makes a huge you know difference. What? You know what? You, you, you're right. You're right. Now that I'm thinking about this, because there's just so much in the AFC, and I can't – I would never discredit Patrick Mahomes, but you also do have Joe Burrow and you have Josh Allen there. I'm going to go AFC Championship game as well because so much has to go right in order for the Ravens to make the Super Bowl. So I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm backing up my first statement, and I'm going my the ceiling AFC Championship game. Okay. I, we, we, uh, we agree. Do either of the guys behind the glass, do, do we have any problems with our, our takes on the Ravens? Everybody in support of this? Evan is shaking his head and giving us a thumbs up because, frankly, he's eating his lunch and doesn't want to chime in. Uh, I, I just figured. Wow! I, figure, yeah, that, I know that two o'clock hours when guys really like to yeah, eat. Don't two they? o'clock hours, like you know, everybody, everything's. I get cranky if I don't eat by two. Okay, me and you both. He's trust on. Me. He's on whole thirty right now, so you know he's he's he's, <laughs> he's gonna be cranky. Uh, Devin, are uh, you good with our takes? Yeah, whatever you guys said was good. Okay, that means they weren't listening. Uh, give us the next team. Good God, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> this is a funny one. Are we doing because, this with or without Daniel uh, Snyder as owner? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go with Sam Howell as quarterback here uh, because they say that's their guy and that's who they're rocking with. Uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So their ceiling is, I think, eight, nine wins. The floor for them, I'm going to go with six wins. And this roster is so good. Uh, but that's the thing. The quarterback position really plagues a lot, plays a lot on this football team. If the Washington Commanders somehow pulled off the miracle of all miracles, the upset of all upsets, and signed Lamar Jackson with the new ownership group, for anyone that didn't hear the breaking news, it looks like we are at the one-yard line almost complete on a sale by Dan and Tanya Snyder of the Washington Commanders. If the Washington Commanders' new ownership group came in and said day one, we want Lamar. I would say that the ceiling of this team is a Super Bowl. That's how good I think the Washington Commanders roster is. With Sam Howell as their quarterback, the ceiling is seven games. The floor is three. 
Like, I just, I don't think there's any proof of con- I loved Sam in college, covered him a lot, uh, obviously, as much college football work as we do. I loved him in college. That means nothing to me now. There's no proof of concept that he's worth a damn as a quarterback in the NFL. I, I, I'm, I am shocked that, that they have been this willy-nilly with their quarterback position. So I think there's a ton of talent on the rest of the roster, but I don't think that they can be the, the San Francisco 49ers and just win a bunch of games even if they have trash at the quarterback position, right? Like, No, no, no. no. I, I, I agree with you. Um, if they can some, some way pull off a Lamar Jackson trade, you look at the NFC in which their own division, now you will have four solid teams, but I think Lamar Jackson put the, put puts them in a conversation where I would put them with the Eagles because I look at their skill position players. I love Brian Robinson. We got to remember they have a new offensive coordinator. That guy just happens to come from Kansas City where he's accustomed to winning Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Not Super Bowl, but Super Bowls within this, plural. Also, their defensive line, Chase Young. This is a huge year for Chase Young because he had so many expectations when he came to the Washington Commanders, and I don't think he's lived up to those expectations. To go along with that defensive line and Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, I'm kind of weary about their linebacker play a little bit, probably an area that they're probably a draft-wise. But their defensive line and and – I kind of like their secondary, the corners, the the safety position. They could probably get another guy there. But I like Kendall Fuller. I also like um, uh, Saint uh, Saint. I think Justice. Uh, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, here's my, but the hard part for me is when you look at, at Washington across the board and you look at everything that they they have built. And you mentioned their skill position players. I think are very good. You mentioned Chase Young, who. I, I mean, I'll never forget standing on the sidelines for college game day the first time I saw him when he was playing in college. And I'm standing next to a bunch of guys that played in the NFL, and one of them actually looked at me and said, oh, my God, he's huge. Like, my guy <laughs> is not just big, he's ginormous. Like, it feels like this entire roster is exploding to take that next step forward and be superstars, right? Like, And I yep. believe that Ron Rivera is the type of coach that can do that for him. I genuinely believe in every single element of Washington other than the quarterback but what about this defensive line though they have three guys on their defensive line oh yeah that played at Alabama and then you know Shaka Tony who's on their depth chart as well he did he 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 did phenomenal at Penn State when he was there Uh, and Mathis is that third guy Uh, and then Montez Sweat is, is no slouch so I really like their defensive line and I'm looking for them to have a better season than they did the last two years. I should tell everybody in a funny twist, we planned the, the day before which two teams we're going to do today. We had no idea that we ended up picking two teams that would both be in the news with Odell Beckham Jr.'s press conference with the Ravens and then the Washington Commanders news that Dan and Tanya Snyder are, are selling the team. So uh, it looks like we are at the one-yard line. That deal looks like it is all, all but done at this point. So we'll keep you updated on the reports there. It will be wild over the next two weeks to see what new ownership does when they come into the building what quick changes they make what slow changes they make what it means for ron rivera what it means for the team what it means for the direction of the team Uh, there are a lot of variables there i also wonder what all of those distractions mean for the guys in the locker room also so not easy to predict where either of those franchises are going to go we'll keep breaking it down but speaking of ceiling and floor we've already seen one nba star hit his floor but we will we ever see him reach his ceiling. We'll talk about it next. But first, Harry has to tell you this about oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, uh, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows. When it's time to replace your wiper blade, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They even install them free of charge. See better, drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. Breaking news. Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter, Commander's owner Dan Snyder, is nearing a deal to sell the franchise. Any agreement would have to be submitted and approved by league owners. At today's introductory press conference, Ravens receiver Odell Beckham Jr. said he didn't get any assurances from quarterback Lamar Jackson that he'll be in Baltimore. Said the goal, go to the Ravens and have that possibility with Lamar. GM Eric DaCosta said he hasn't talked to Jackson since Beckham's signing, but remains optimistic he will be their starter this season. The franchise tag Jackson has requested a trade. NHL Blackhawks won't re-sign longtime captain Jonathan Taves. Tonight's game versus Philadelphia will be his send-off 8.30 Eastern ESPN TV. The 12-0 Rays, one win away from tying the best start to a major league season since 1900. They trail Boston 2-1, top of the fifth. Physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I think we're reaching that time for the Pelicans to think about moving on from Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is a myth at this point. I think this comes a point where the leadership of the front office have to come to the table and actually figure things out with this young man. I mean, he's trying to figure things out himself, but at the end of the day, they have to figure out what's the best way to get him on the floor. What are the Pelicans supposed to do with Zion? And what is Zion supposed to do with the Pelicans? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel, Lady Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The Pelicans lost last night, and a team that at one point had aspirations, thinking that they could be a contender in the West, now faces an offseason where they're asking the same question they ask every year. Can Zion stay healthy? And then more importantly now, what do we do with that? So I'm Fitz and Harry. We bring in Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby, you've been a GM. You've sat in the, the chair before. If you're the GM of the Pelicans, how are you handling the Zion situation right now? Yeah, I'm not ready to kind of throw in the towel right now. I know it's frustrating, right? I mean, you saw what they were before he got hurt. I mean, when he was playing, I mean, we could say they're a top four team in the Western Conference and a team that can get out of the Western Conference and it reverts back to what we saw last night. It's a team that can't get out of the plane or first round um, team that loses in the first round. I'm, I'm just not there yet. I, I've, I've heard, I think Perk was saying trade them or look for trades. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm probably a year away from that. I got to get them on the court. I got to get them healthy. I mean, the, the hard part is that from an organizational standpoint, like we've done everything possible, right? The contract is set up where we're protected in the future, right? Whether it's been the weight clauses in there, where it's the games clauses, like it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous contract of value because the organization is protected in the last three years of it here where they can basically walk away right now and basically owe him a third of what, of what that $194 million is. But you're not going to do that. So, but for me, I'm, as I said, I'm not, ready to, I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet. I mean, I got I to gotta get him healthy here, but... The hard part is that you're going to have this hanging over you for, for, for a long time here. Like, 
They could start 20-0 and next year, and it won't matter because the Zion injury factor will loom over this organization, and there's no in-between, right? There's no in-between where you could say, you know, him off, with him off the court, you know, we can get to a second round. We can get to a conference final. No, there's such a disparity in, in, from a talent standpoint that without him on the floor, your team just kind of get into the playing tournament. Okay, Bobby, we like to live in hypotheticals at times on Fitz and Harry. So let's just say <laughs> hypothetically uh, the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans decided they, they, they want to trade Zion Williamson. What's his trade value at the moment in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, if, if the whole $194 million, if, you were, if it was a straight $194 million guaranteed contract, I would say, man, that's where you're not going to get the Rudy Gobert package. You're not going to get the Donovan Mitchell package, the draft picks, all that stuff. I do think there's a lot of value out there just because of how the contract is structured here. I think it, it makes it a little bit harder to take on a $37 million contract and give up three or four first-round picks, how this next CBA is, is built, right, where you're – you know, you're, you're depleting your draft assets and then you're taking a little bit of a risk with this player, although you have a get-out-of-jail-free card here. But it's hard for me to think that what Cleveland had to give up, which was, um, you know, certainly marketing and Sexton and three first, you know, that's that's a rich package. I don't see if, – if Zion Williamson was healthy, yeah, you, you basically can, can write whatever you want. You're not. I don't see a Durant-type package where, it's, you know, where it's – good role players and well, Bridges is a really good player. Bridges, Johnson, four first round picks. I don't see that for Zion Williamson right now until there's more of a body of work that he can stay healthy. But even if, even if he played, let's say 70 games next year, the, the past three or four years, there's still that, that, you know, doubt in your mind. So Bobby, walk me through roster construction because one thing we were talking about earlier on the show was some of Zion's comments that it's not physical, it's mental. And I just keep thinking about, who is it that gets in his ear in this roster? Like, who is it that, that tries to help him through these things and teach him how to be a professional? We talked earlier about how some young guys need that. When you're putting together a roster, how much emphasis do you have to have on just bringing somebody in that, above and beyond anything, is there to help somebody like a Zion figure out what it takes? Yeah, it's like having the Udonis Haslam on your roster, right? Guys like that on the back end, you know, guys who have, who have you know, can give you a couple minutes here and there, but are more of an extension of your of your coaching staff. That's that's important, you know. So if you look at New Orleans, who is is it? DJ McComb? Is it Larry Nance? Um, is it Valanciunas? Uh, you know, Garrett. The interesting too, guys, is that New Orleans is entering an interesting period because they could become the uh, it would be in a luxury tax for the first time in franchise history. They've never gone on there, and to get out, you probably have to cut a veteran like Garrett Temple, who's probably a good someone good in his ear. So. You're right. I mean, roster spots like 13, 14, 15, you know, maybe the, the two back on the back end are designated for guys that can help you a little bit on the court, but more, as I said, more of an extension of your coaching staff that you can help some of your younger players. Now, when you hear Zion speak, do you think he wants a trade from New Orleans? I don't think he does. I just think he's I, – I just wish that he was being advised on – like, there was no need for him to do three, 360 windmills on the court last night before the Thank game. You. <laughs> like, Thank was, you, Bobby. Like, Damn, no, somebody said it. Thank you. That, dude, if you want to do that, do that at 2.30 when there's nobody in the gym. Like, I don't get – like, that's the whole part of it. Like, you, you had the press conference or the, uh, the media scrum the, the couple days before. You said you're not – your body's – you know, you're not there yet, um, you know, where you, where you want to be. 
And then you go out and do that at 5.30, basically, for, for the whole world to watch. Like, what are you setting yourself up for here? So I don't think he's there where – I don't think this is a Ben Simmons situation after they lost to Atlanta a few years ago when, you know, basically Ben basically has to be traded um, because the organization has supported him for everything. I mean, he's played 65 games once in the last four years. So what he said, I'm not kind of reading into it, but I, I mean – He's got to use better judgment as far as what he does moving forward. So, Bobby, that's the main reason we had you on was to talk about all these things. But now I need your expertise on something else. Uh, I went on first take last week and said the Lakers have no shot of getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Lakers fans are just absolutely destroying me. Uh, by the end of this series against Memphis, am I drinking in joy while I make a clapback video to all the Lakers fans? Or am I drinking in sorrow and deleting my social media for three months? I picked Memphis in six. Um, I also picked Sacramento in six, and I'm sure Golden oh. State fans weren't happy with me there. So, but I picked. I mean, like the the playing game, like that wasn't a one off the other night against Minnesota. Like everyone's thinking, like, oh yeah, it was good for them to kind of get that under their belt. Like they were, they should have lost that game here. And I, I, I have Memphis winning, and I know no Adams and Clark hurt, and Jackson's got to play. You know, not pick up foul trouble, but I think speed. The speed of, of Bain, of Morant, um, of, uh, you know, Canard's giving them a nice lift off the bench here. You know, Dylan Brooks paying the butt. And I think they're just the better team overall. I know the LeBron and AD factor looms, but you saw the other night. I mean, the guys they picked up that we've all been talking about, Beasley, Russell, Vanderbilt, those guys weren't the guys in the game at the end, right? It was the guys that were on this roster to kind of to, to begin the season. Bobby, how dare you? Disrespect the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Harry's oh, eyes. My Harry's eyes left. My eyes eye. got so big when you said that. Ha- but I respect your opinion. I respect your opinion. I don't agree with it, but I respect your opinion. That's, uh, hey, I've been wrong a lot, and people pointed <laughs> out. So, <laughs> oh well, the one thing I always say, Bobby, is if we can predict them all right, I don't know small island well, somewhere. Ha- I, Harry, wouldn't I mean, we well, there were seventeen of us that picked Miami to beat Atlanta the other night, and, and Hawks Twitter pointed us all out. I'm Blow thinking, my head up. Bobby, when you blow got, my when head you got 41 up. wins, nothing. Well, what did you do for me this year? Not, you know, I, how could I pick Atlanta? Hey, hey, Bobby, I love that you just brought up Atlanta. Oh, you yeah. just made my day. I don't think you have no idea that you just made my day because Fitz, Evan, and Devin, the last thing they want to hear is about Atlanta beating Miami because that means I get to talk about it more. Thank you, Bobby. Oh. Bobby Marks, ESPN <laughs> NBA front office insider. I love your take on the, the Memphis series. The rest of it was was not helpful at all, Bobby. I, we appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. What's next for Zion and the Pelicans? Uh, we'll try and figure it out unless Harry is... Uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby, yeah. I, was, Bobby, I thought we were going to get a Bobby. hawk yet. We don't get a hawk? Bobby, Bobby, oh my God. Bobby. I did that. I'm sorry, America. Plus, one trade that actually would make sense. We'll tell you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. If I'm management, I'm giving him one more season to see if he can, you know, get through that year healthy and we can make a run at some things from the Western Conference from a overhaul perspective. I can't just give up on him right now because you're not walking around with Zions every day. 
And I know the term, the, the best ability is availability, and Zion has to be available. He has to do some things differently because what he's done to this point hasn't, hasn't been right for his career. So he's going to have to alter some things and figure out different plans or better plans for his career moving forward. But if I'm upper management, I got to give him another year. I can't just trade him. Three hours later. What if Zion isn't the only superstar that might be in trade conversations? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Yeah, Devin, go ahead and crank those tunes. Can't crank those sweet, sweet tunes. Yeah. See? Like, yeah. Har- Harry's out there dancing. I'm doing the chicken. That's what's happening on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, the chicken, Evan. I'm doing the chicken. Like, that's, you know. I'm living proof that you can have impeccable rhythm and not be able to dance. I just want people to know this. Is it the chicken or is it the chicken dance? It's the chicken. Okay. The the chicken dance is the other, like the... No, that's still the chicken. You're just doing the chicken. I thought it's called the chicken dance. Why would it be the chicken? You don't need the word dance. You're obviously dancing. Fitz, whatever... Oh, that's a great point. Whatever you were doing, I'm not sure anyone's ever seen that before, ever. I might, you might have just created a dance. You're welcome, America. That's, I'm going to be a TikTok. That's more the drum wait, wait, wait. I am, I am sufficiently white and incapable of dancing, which means I should be a TikTok sensation. Like, I figure, like, I can put one foot in, one foot out, do the hokey pokey, and, like, all of a sudden shake it all about. Don't get me started on you being a potential viral TikTok superstar. I've been on this bandwagon for years. Have I not? You have. Yeah, actually, he's been trying he to get me. He knows how to play the fiddle. You can duet all these songs. I feel like you'd be able to crush it on the Yeah, app. You know, I tried a couple of times. It was a pain in the butt. You know me. I, you know, I didn't want to put the effort in. Uh, that's just the story of my life. I work really hard, Devin. I don't need to work at TikTok, too. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh, thanks for that open therapy session, America. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. What if Zion's not the only superstar out there in the trade conversation? Because I Obviously, we forget sometimes that there's an epic player, and I do mean epic in the NBA, that everybody loves, that is not any closer to winning an NBA championship most years than I am. Damian Lillard, Blazers superstar, was on Stephen A's World during the the Bulls-Raptors broadcast on ESPN2, and this is what he said about what the Blazers need to do. They know how important it is to just, you know, be on a competitive team on a on a level where we can, you know, make a run in the playoffs. That just has to happen. Is that your way of saying the Portland Trailblazers are on the clock? They got to show a level of urgency or else? It ain't a threat. I'm not, you right. know, I ain't going to say I'm putting them on the clock. I'm just saying, you know, if those things can't be done, you know, we can't do something significant like that, then, you know, we won't have a chance to, you know, compete on that level. And then not only will I have a decision to make, but I think the organization will too, because at that point it's like, are you going to go young or are we going to get something done? I think we just mm-hmm. kind of been on it with, you know, fully committing to, right. to either one. Everybody wants to win. They believe that I deserve that opportunity. I, I It's powerful Ooh. what he just said. Are we yes. going to go young or are we going to try and get something done, right? Yeah, and I think he means what he what he says too. And and look, Dame is a loyal guy, and this entire time he said he wanted to be in Portland and finish his career there and try to win a championship there as well. But then you know the light starts to come out the other side of the tunnel, and you start to see things and the writing on the wall, and you want to know from management in the front office what direction you know that that the team is going because clearly it hasn't been distinctive and it hasn't been. 
you know, said to Dame or anybody else, or maybe they said it to each other, but haven't had those talks with Dame. But he clearly wants to know where they stand and what's their plans going to be moving forward. And if they aren't on the same page, then he said he has to make a decision. And also their organization has to make a decision. But I would love to see Dame outside of Portland. All Dame, all Dame would have to do is throw up the bat signal into the sky with just like his logo on it. And everybody would come calling. Like, I think oh, all the world yes. is waiting for is for him to say he wants to be somewhere else and everybody will make it happen. It I fits. mean, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch. Like, you talk about clutch buckets. I think the most noticeable one for me came against, you know, Paul George. And when he hit that three-pointer uh, from the right side of the court by the logo and then went to waving to everybody and we all knew it was Dame time, like, that's iconic in my eyes. Like, he's that kind of player that I enjoy watching every time he's on the court. Yeah, a thousand percent. And, you know, when we sit here and talk about Zion, you know, and, and the possibility of a trade, uh, our producer Evan threw out, well, what about a trade for Zion for Dame? I don't think that makes a ton of sense because that's just Dame going back to C.J. McCollum in a stacked way. I, I realize they have more pieces than that, but I'm not sure that puts them on a championship team. But there are there are solutions that do. Like, I want Dame to be not just on a great team. I want him to be in a great market. Like, if we really believe that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't play together, then let's start figuring out a way to get, you know, a trade done that sends, you know, Tatum over to, uh, uh, sends Tatum over to, or either one of them, over to Portland, and then you send Dame back over there. Like, put Dame with the Celtics so he can be a superstar. So, you know, I got to call you out, right? Why? You can't mention Evan's name for the negative part of this conversation. You also have to mention Evan's name for the positive part of the conversation what, 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 with the Celtics because Evan did bring that up. No, I brought the Celtics up. I was the one no, that brought No, no, Evan, Evan brought it up. Evan, speak truth here. Who who suggested the Celtics as the trade? Was it me or was it you, Evan? That was Fitz. Ah, see? Oh. I'm trying to I'm trying to give him a little run here, and he just he just got to be honest all you know the damn time. What? He's honest, Ev. That's, that's, it's like honest Dave without the top hat. You take the top I'm hat off. Try to give you some love, Evan. You, I try to give you a Love there. Sorry. Love loves it's, it's for okay. Fridays. It's yeah. for Fridays. Yeah, right tomorrow I'll accept it. Uh but what about Canty suggested Dame uh, for a package around Jamal Murray that sends Dame to Denver? I don't know if I don't know if Portland I don't know if Portland would feel like that's a fair trade though. Yeah. I, I just don't. Because you look at a guy like Dame and he could take over games. Not saying Jamal Murray can't, but it's just a difference in when Dame does it and when Jamal Murray does it. Yeah, I think it would take a bunch of draft picks around that to sort of make that make sense. But also, man, I don't know. If I'm an organization, I'd love to get a star back. That's why I still I like Jalen Brown for Dame. And then all of a sudden, Dame goes to the Celtics. He goes from one of the most invisible. I love that. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to Portland at all. I know it sounds like I do. But they are essentially invisible when they play. 99% of the time, people aren't talking about it. It doesn't resonate. It's late West Coast basketball. Move him over to the Celtics. All of a sudden, he's on the biggest brand in the NBA or one of the biggest brands in the NBA, one of the biggest brands in all the sports. He makes a bunch of money marketing himself. Come on, Harry. I've, I've just figured it out. Make me the GM. Well, plus they have Anthony Simons as well, another guard that they can count on and get buckets. See? Look at this. I, I have I've figured it all out. I've I've solved the entire Dame issue. We will uh we'll see if anybody bites on it. If this trade happens, remember you heard it first on Fitz and Harry. So Come on, like, Evan. I would like My credit. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with us. Come back tomorrow for Friday for Love Fridays. Hang out with Candy and Carlin right now. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.